0: Hello, internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cabin Corner Podcast, where your geek slash nerd discussion podcast, and we take one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, whatever I feel about talking about that day, and we bat around until we get bored. I'm, as always, your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. What up, everybody? It's Buggy J. I was ex- fully expecting you to say we was Kangs. <laughs> you know,
1: uh, I couldn't even fully commit to ant because I was like spiders. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, today we're talking about uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Or as 90% of people will refer to it, Quantumania. Quantumania. <laughs> like in the same The same way that everyone forgets the Captain America part of Civil War. Um, but yes, yeah, the, or the
1: first Avenger part of Captain America.
0: That too. No one ever forgets Dark Thor, the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the latest in the ever-growing, eternally eternal beast that is the MCU. Yep. Um, well, the
1: ending for Phase Four.
0: Yes, this is the uh, final movie of Phase Four. Um. I did not know that. I thought phase four was already over. Um, nope. This this
1: this is the end of phase four. Same as uh, Ant Man one was the end of uh, phase two.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the, and so this is our review for that. Uh, for and if you are used to our reviews, you know that we start this off spoiler free and holy shit! Ant Man and the Wasp was like the second to last
1: movie of uh, phase three. Yeah. It came okay. between Infin- Infinity War and Endgame.
0: Yeah. Um, but th- well, this will be our spoiler-free review. This is more technical, um, you know, critiquing critiquing the themes of the movie. And then we'll the next uh, episode in our feed will be the spoiler review. That is the one for if you are spoiler-wary, wary, don't listen to that one before you see the movie. Yeah. Um, that's where we put it up on blocks, take it apart, uh, get into the nitty-gritty of what we liked and didn't like. Um. We will start this off as we do most of our um, reviews with the blurb. Um, I'm pulling this one from IMDb. All right, so it's gonna be one sentence long. Yep. All right. So my
1: guess, um, I it's it's gonna not mention one of the uh, one of the main three characters because the three leads of the movie are essentially Scott Lang, Cassie Lang, and uh, and Hope Van Dyne. So one of them's not even going to be mentioned, or two, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, Cassie Lang uh, and and friends get uh, pulled into the quantum realm. Ups, Oops, upsies, oopsies.
0: Yeah, um, this is uh, it is uh, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne explore the quantum realm where they <laughs> didn't, didn't mention Cassie where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible <laughs> didn't mention Cassie yeah you have five main characters it feels intentional yeah it did not mention the fifth beetle that is uh, Cassie Lane <laughs> Which is which is weird because it's more her movie than anybody else's, than, yeah, th- other than maybe Kang. Yeah, without without getting into spoilers, this did feel like a movie to more introduce stature. for the never name? Yeah, but I know who she is.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people know who she is, yeah. but
0: I mean people have been. I remember people talking about you know Cassie becoming stature when Ant Man One came out.
1: Yeah, like a lot of people were like, "Oh, we'll never get stature now," blah blah blah, and
0: it's like, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> They found a way. I mean, we've 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 got we've got a few young Avengers present in the MCU currently. Oh yeah, uh, we got we got stature. We got uh, we got Patriot. At least the concepts of uh, Wiccan and Speed are around. <laughs>
1: the concepts
0: of them. That's a, that's a hell of a way to put it. Yeah. Um. But uh, now now we just need you know White Vision to come come back with a little girl daughter that he built. And we're good to go. <laughs> Oh, Viv? Yeah. Um, immediately that's more of a champion's character, but I like Viv anyway. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, getting into just boilerplate, did you like the movie? Did I like the movie? Yes. Same. Um, so, uh, uh,
1: this has been a very strange movie to see, like, because, I mean, we're, we're reviewing it the weekend it came out. It's Sunday, it came out, uh, Technically Thursday, Thursday. for midnight review uh, first midnight releases, um, so uh, I, was, I
0: would I will say we're both like twenty four hours removed from seeing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we both saw it yesterday, uh, not together, different theaters, different theater experiences, um, which uh, which we may or may not go into. But uh, like now, there already has been some discourse about this movie, and uh, which has already been kind of interesting because there's a big divide in this one, which like hasn't really seen a divide in this way because this one's where, like, the critic scores are actually really, really low um, and the, well, audience the audience scores are, are high, high, which has actually been the opposite of how most of the MCU movies have been um, because, like, judging them for what they are as just popcorn flicks uh, that are just in- interconnected and just blockbuster spectacles, like, they've usually scored critically pretty decently. Um, what And then, like, uh, some of the audience ones have just not been... Super super high, um, yeah. This was this one's very much different than that. And like, I've seen that like all the critical reviews are pretty poor. But like everybody
0: I see who's been talking about it has been pretty hyped on it. Yeah. Um, which uh, there might there might be a few uh, not exactly flattering answers for that. But you know, that's beyond the scope of this review. Um, wow. Well, now I will say, while I do see the flaws of it, this is. This has probably been my favorite of the Phase Four movies. Um, the probably the closest one after it being uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. I was gonna say I, I couldn't do that to a spider to
1: a, a phase that has a Spider-Man movie in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Shang Chi was like it. We're, we're, we're a couple years removed from it, but Shang Chi, like I do remember, the third act falls apart pretty heavily, but. Um,
0: it wasn't bad, but like I haven't seen it since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so moving on from from that, getting into um, I guess I guess the the writing. All right. Um,
1: I uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, like, but 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 but. So this is technically. This is Ant Man in a way, probably his 4.75 fifth movie, if you count. Let like, uh, like he's a strong enough cameo in uh, Civil War, in Civil War to like he l- leaves a big, big mark on that movie. Yeah. Uh, do you get it? Do, do you get it? Is a big mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then in an uh, Endgame, like. He's a major player throughout the, like, first two acts of mid-game. Yeah. Of end-game. Sorry. And, uh, so... We've had a lot of Scott up to this point. Uh, like, spoilers for end-game, but, like, I mean, one of the most powerful scenes in that movie early on that still holds a lot of gravitas, even compared to, like, what comes later on, is, like, Scott running to see, like, uh, seeing all the, like, the names and everybody and then running to see uh, Cassie. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a hard-hitting moment in that movie. Um... And uh, so in this one, we've already kind of got a pretty well-established Scott uh, and Hope and Hank. Like the only two characters that were really new that needed to be explored were Cassie Cassie. and Janet. Yeah. And um, so my biggest... Well and Kane. Yes. Um, So my biggest complaint for the movie is actually part of its writing. I actually think that um, like no one really has an arc. No, like Scott doesn't have an arc. Scott yeah. does not leave this movie really any different. If you're if because uh, if you're like well his arc was to get back into super heroics. He's not back like into that,
0: that at the end of the movie. Yeah, like. But then Scott, that was never really Scott's bag. He wasn't. He wasn't dressing up every day to go out and save people. That was that Spider Man. Yeah. Um, the MCU heroes for the most part aren't like that. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, Hope has like no arc at all. Yeah. No. Um, no. I wouldn't. I would say no one really had an arc. There. No one really l- learned a lesson. Janet, maybe a little. I was gonna say Janet. Janet, we get backstory for. Yeah.
1: But like nothing about that changes her character. Her character is not a different person at the end of the movie than she was at the beginning of the movie. And, arguably, you could say that Cassie has the most arc, but even then, not really. No. Um,
0: so, like... Which, the, also, like, I'm not... Like, for me, that I don't... It is not inherently a, a flaw that they're that static characters. That's... No. You can, you, can, you can have a story with static characters. No, no, most, no, no, no. Most yeah, Captain yeah. America movies have, have a static main that's, character. That's the point. Like,
1: that's the point for, for Cap, is that he's static. That, like... Uh, he's always doing his best and just, and kind of like Superman is in in that same way. Like, it's why they get compared a lot is because like, uh, they're typically not learning a lesson or having an arc. Like they're already just idealistic. They're already just ideals in and of themselves. Um, but, um, uh, when you have a movie that has this many characters, like, I would have liked an arc for Janet or Cassie. That, those are the two characters. Because the, the two characters that get, like, the most exploration in the movie. Actually, Cassie gets significantly less. But uh, the, the characters that get the most are really uh, Janet and Kang. Um, but, like, it just didn't feel like we got, like, enough of them. Especially with Cassie being so young. It felt like, okay, like, this Does is Does it where ever we... actually
0: say how old she is?
1: No, I don't think it ever gives, like, an actual good uh age i think you could probably piece it together i I would assume late teens early 20s you could probably piece it together if we were to sit here and be like okay well her birthday is an ant-man one and we know how many years have passed since then yeah we could probably figure it out but yeah probably late late teens early 20s i
0: mean i'm 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 recording this on a computer i can probably google this real quick uh yeah but why would you keep keep on with what you were saying all
1: right but um so it's just to me like it's Especially because, uh, without getting any type of spoilers into it, like uh, Cassie's whole thing is that she's rebellious. She's very much like Scott was when he was her age, you know. Because the whole point in like Ant Man One was that Scott was extremely idealistic and extremely smart, and so he would use his abilities to uh, pull off heists to help out like the little guy. Like he uh, he, was, he was responsible for like this major um, bank. Like insurance, um, techno heist and like that. Yeah. Where like uh, he was making sure that like people got paid their pensions and stuff
0: like that, and he he got caught, and that's why he got put in jail. She was 17 years old in game but it's not confirmed how long is yeah, been in-game. Yeah, so we
1: could still say like late teens, maybe early twenties. Yeah. Um. So, but um, but so Cassie's kind of going down that same road. Um, only once again, Marvel doesn't want to hit the real issue. They want to skirt right along, alongside it. So it's like, oh yeah, homelessness is a problem because people got uh, displaced in the blip. Uh, and police brutality is a problem because the
0: police don't know how to handle all these people that got displaced in the blip. <laughs> I'm fine with them handling their world. I don't need, I, I don't need <laughs> Marvel to be the world outside my window. I, yeah,
1: no, that's fa- that's very very fair, especially when uh, a world that has Red God like lurking around out there.
0: Well, especially when like you know Tony Stark invented infinite uh, n- infinite clean energy like three times. <laughs> the the MCU should look different than our world. Yes, uh, I I just thought it was funny because like when you bring in something that's like very much a real world
1: problem, yeah, um, like that's typically a sign of like using some type of allegory or metaphor or something like that and. Honestly, it was just kind of, like, Cassie using those things to kind of, like, show, like, oh, she's she's very into, like, activism. Yeah. Without, like, having to actually put any type of face or anything to that, to that kind of work. Um, but other than, like... But she's justified in the end. Like, ultimately, like, she gets Scott thinking about that stuff again more than he was because he was kind of uh, off in his little bubble about, like, having saved the world. Yeah. So, like... Um, so, really... Scott Scott has more of the like coming to her than she has coming to him, um, which is kind of cute. But like once again with her being the new character and we having this being Scott's fifth film that he's like majorly involved in, it's just like I, you can kind of see where I'm like, oh, I wish there was like a little bit more writing on that direction. Um, other than that, uh, the only thing that I, like I really like because Kang is excellent. Oh yeah. Like this is John the Major
0: is easily the best part of this movie. Oh,
1: bye. Bye. Oh my god. Yeah, uh John the Majors, like uh my favorite moments are all Kang moments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as we'll get into my my favorite moments are all Kang moments. Um but uh also they brought in uh Cheezy from uh from The Good Place. I can't remember his, his uh the actor's name off the top of my head. Do you know who he was playing? Uh, he was playing the guy
0: that like could read minds. Oh, okay. I have no know who that is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, as a big good good place fan. And once again, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. I don't have a computer in front of me. Uh,
0: Pat has it. Yeah, uh, um, I'll I'll go. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, seeing uh, seeing oh, him, uh, William Jackson Harper. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um,
1: like seeing him was a delight. Whenever whenever they have like sitcom actors pop up, they they usually kind of steal the scenes and the scenes that they're in. Um, and, uh, and that's what, that for me was 100% the case, uh, of having this like extremely put upon telepath. Um, I, I wish he was in it more.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, that was like literally yeah. my only I, other, I, I, I worry that, I worry that they blew all their good telepath jokes before we get that, before we got to X-Men. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think any of them would like be put upon as much as that guy was. Uh, that was a, that, that, it will it came. It came up in the Ultimate X-Men comics when they when Gene Gray met Spider-Man. Oh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which you like, okay. oh, th- thank- I-, I appreciate you, Peter. You're the first person to not immediately think of me naked. Except you did it just now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, when you, when you say it, you, it has to happen. Yeah. Um, so, other than there are a couple of like plot holes that I noticed. And uh, nothing major and major, but and they might not even be plot holes. They, yeah, been, like, they, they might have just been beyond my understanding. Or they might just be building blocks for later movies. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. I have I have some sp- things that are very specific to this movie. Oh, then we'll get into that. Then in, we'll get in, into in, the, in the spoiler, spoiler stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are some very specific things about this movie and my understanding of the Quantum Realm that literally pulled me aside and had me kind of half outside the movie for large chunks of it as I tried to like ponder on some of the questions
0: that I didn't even know if the movie was asking or not. Yeah. Um, I will say for the the Quantum Realm itself cause this is definitely the movie where we spent the most time in the quantum realm. The more I saw of it, the less interesting it became. Cause it is just kind of just big and weird for the sake of being big and weird. And so much of it felt like it was referencing other sci-fi stuff. Like they, they had, they have a cantina scene. Yeah. Like the, and they're just so much of like, you know, these, these weird you know, rubber-headed aliens, and I've I've seen so much of that in like the Guardians movie that it just it didn't it didn't impact me uh, the way they wanted it to.
1: That's a separate point I was going to talk about later yeah. beyond beyond writing stuff. Um, but that that's my, we, were, we were kind of flowing out of it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like, well, you I, I I kind of ate that one up. So yeah. anything, anything that anything that stuck out to you writing wise
0: uh, stuck out to me writing wise. Yeah. Um, nothing I could off the top of my head rattle off. This was, I was very much, you know, just kind of along for the ride of the movie. It was, it was kind of bland. A lot of things just felt like they were excuses to get us from point A to point B. But then Kang would show up, and I'd be having fun again. Uh, I see. Here's the thing. Uh, I understand that a lot.
1: I do think that the pacing of the movie is too much. Um, because all the movie takes place in, like, less than a day. Yeah. And it felt like... Is it? Yes, it takes place in less than a day. We saw... They specifically even mentioned at the end of the movie, it's been one hell of a day. It's been one day. Like,
0: even within the Quantum Realm, it was only a day? Because we saw the nighttime pass.
1: Within the Quantum Realm itself, uh, a a day had passed. Okay. Yeah, it had been one day. Um, and it left it so that, like, um... Early in the movie, there's a big split up, and so a lot of the characters go off and they see different parts of the quantum realm, which would, for us as the viewers, be the good uh, exploration of, like, what all the quantum realm has to offer, but nobody sits down or explains things or talks about things for more than, like, half a second before they just move on to the next scene, 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 scene. Um, just to kind of
0: keep the clip of it going, Um, and uh, so you never really feel settled into this world. Yeah. Which which might be why I like Kang so much, because when Kang shows up, shit stops.
1: Yeah, like you get to explore Kang.
0: Yeah, and things don't move on until Kang says they move on.
1: Yeah, so like for me, that was an issue in the movie, and I can understand being like, oh, I just wanted to get to Kang again because the Kang stuff is so much fun. Um, I, but I think a good writing, uh, a good writer would have had it be like, oh, all of the other stuff is fun too. Like that should be good and fun yeah. too.
0: Now, now there are others. There are stuff outside of Kang that was all, all right, like the all the all the stuff where the uh, the Pim Lang Van Dyne family is together. Uh, yeah, they there is you know wholesome family time. That that was that was fun fun to see.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but like
1: my my once again like my issue with like when they're in the quantum realm they're separating and all that. Uh, there's a lot of characters that like are cute and I enjoyed and. We can talk about it later when we get to some more like like uh, some character stuff, but I don't remember anybody who was introduced in this movie's name except for King. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, and one other one. Well, and there's one other major character they like, introduced in the movie. Um, uh, but he's in the trailer, Modok. Yeah, like Modok, I remember. Um, but then, like pretty much everybody else that you meet inside the quantum realm, I can't tell you their names. And some of them have like major parts in the movie and I don't know their names at all. And I feel like that's kind of an issue with the movie. Yeah. Um if I if, if James Gunn can get me can get me to remember like Taserface and Kraglin and all that just from the first time
0: I watched Guardians 2, like also also no Noah, uh, no Michael Peña or T.I. in this one. Um
1: I, I do have some theories about that, about, like, what could have happened to them in the five-year gap. Um, I mean, they don't bring it up in the movie. They don't. Uh, they didn't bring it up in Endgame either. I actually saw somebody point out that, like, um, uh, in Endgame, there's that, when when Thor is having the scene and rattling off long and, and, like, offhandedly about, like, uh, the Aether. Yeah. Um, the only person that's into that ramble is Scott. And someone was like, it's because it reminds him of Louise. Because the way that Thor's acting, when he's just kind of like, oh, and this is the blah blah blah, and and, uh, and he's just he's just kind of talking and talking and talking and talking. Yeah. Everyone else is completely bored and uninterested in what what he's saying, but like Ma- but Scott is like fully on board for everything he's saying, and it's like, oh, because it reminds him of Louise. Yeah. I thought that was really, I thought that was cute if true, but it's definitely a way you can
0: read that you can read that uh, scene. Um, let's see. So moving on from from writing. Um, uh, we kind of we kind of already talked about this, but performances, right. uh, you know, it's Jonathan Majors and then the rest.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, and it's not that like anybody's doing a bad job. Hell, this is the most um, that like Michael Clark Duncan, Michael Clark, Duncan, you mean Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. It was the M.D.s. <laughs> Michael Douglas and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer have been like oh in to it. live
0: in a world where <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan played <laughs> Hank Mell.
1: Uh, Janet wouldn't have survived get slapped. <laughs> a broken internet like a chicken
0: bone. Um, no, no, no. Uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle well, Mark- or remember she went into the quantum realm in the forties. They would have never been married. Ooh, ooh, sir. Uh, you never know. He works for the government. He might have Clarence Thomas that shit. <laughs> Michael Michael Douglas was Hank Pym in this movie and he was <laughs> Hank, Hank <laughs> yeah. Pym really good.
1: Yeah, um like this is the this is the most that they seem like actively into the roles. Yeah. Um that they've ever done in any of the movies like um and
0: Hank has some pretty fucking great moments. Like, he, this is easily the the most great Hank moment. Um, oh yeah. Like he he gets to have his like cool epic cavalry moment at the end. Yeah. Um like uh like you know s- uh, same like you know Janet my Michelle Pfeiffer gets to play Janet the most in this movie. Um so she actually gets to see like seem like she is enjoying it. And um and like her
1: character has some of the biggest consequences. Oh, well, um that she gets to play up.
0: Yeah. And struggle with. Um Evangeline Lilly felt like she was barely in the movie.
1: Well, but I don't think that's her fault. Oh, no, because no, she's barely that, that, in the movie. That's, <laughs> not a, that's not a
0: knock on her. The movie just didn't have enough for her to do. Yes. Like, because she's barely... This is not Ant-Man and the Wasp. This was Ant-Man and Stature. Yeah, this, is, this is Ant-Man and Ant-Man and, and Cassie. Yeah. Um, like, Paul Rudd carries the
1: movie. Yeah. Uh, he carries the movie pretty well, except for when he's on the fucking screen with Jonathan Majors. Uh, because... Uh, and I think this is a great movie to put Jonathan Majors in for his, like, first, like, movie appearances, as Kang. Because... If Kang is supposed to be leading us into like secret wars and the Kang Dynasty or whatever the other Avenger movie's called, mm-hmm. um, uh, and make you feel like he's an unstoppable badass, uh, um, watching this how to do it, yeah, watching him like square up against
0: uh, uh, Ant Man, I was like, don't do this to Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's America's sweetheart. Well, anyone who's seen the trailer for Creed Creed Three, will, and sees Jonathan Major running running on the on the beach with the shirt off. Uh yeah you knew you knew Ant Man was dead yeah <laughs> Hell, I um and like uh in
1: in Creed three like like anyone who wants to say that Creed three is not a superhero movie <laughs> um when you're like yeah uh, Michael B Jordan is in amazing shape better shape than I'll ever be in my life um he ain't surviving a single blow from Jonathan Majors yeah and it ain't happening. It, it, I does, don't believe it doesn't it.
0: help you like there, there's never a shirtless scene with Jonathan Majors in Ant-Man and the Wasp um but there is a scene where like his his shirt gets torn and you see his arm his arm is the side of Paul Rudd's torso. Yeah. And that's saying a lot cuz Paul Rudd is also in MCU shape. Yes. Like he he got it he got himself a six-pack to play to play Ant-Man. I don't know if he still has it. Uh he, he was just on men's health. Yeah. Uh, doing, like, opposing covers
1: with, uh, 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 with Jonathan Majors, which, if you've seen the side-by-sides, they're hilarious.
0: Is it the same photo shoot where, like, where he was, where, Dol where, uh, Jonathan Majors was dressed as, a uh, Dolphin Mango? Uh, no, that was for, um, Ebony. Uh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I wish. But no, no, and the men's health one—that's like that's where you see him like uh, he's like next to a pool and he's just fucking like all beef. Yeah. And then like that's one cover, and then the alternate cover is like Paul Rudd, and he's just kind of like sitting down, smiling with a black shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they have like an whole exercising section where it looks like uh, it looks like Jonathan Majors could literally just lift up a cont a continental plate like yeah. a continental shelf, and
0: um, and Paul Rudd is like holding a bicycle. <laughs> Yeah, you you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Kang, like uh, God, I, I
1: cannot say enough good shit about. And we like I said, we do get some fun side characters. Um, I I will agree with you. A lot of it felt very like inspired by other sci-fi slash straight up Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray comes in, and I was going to hold that for the. Spoiler. He's in the trailer. He was oh, in the first trailer. I didn't know he was in the trailer. He was in the very I, first there's trailer. There's a lot of the trailers. I, try, I tried to watch all of the trailers just because I don't want to spoil myself on everything. Yeah, he was in the very, very first trailer. Um, So,
1: yeah, Bill Murray's in the movie, and he's basically Lando. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a scene that happens that's not necessarily involving him, but it's also Han meeting Lando. They have two Lando scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow.
0: They just yeah, yeah, they're just
1: straight up two Lando scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and like the the thing is, like, there there's some stuff where it's like very much like uh, fish out of water, like comedy, um, and because it's Stranger in a Strange World, and they drop it so quickly, like the Stranger in a Strange Strange World stuff by the end of the Bill Murray scene, it's gone. Yeah. Like uh, at that point, like it's no longer about the quantum realm, and that's like forty-five minutes in the movie, and like, cause like part of it, part of what's fun about going to these alternate worlds and stuff is having the characters who don't understand the traditions, and um, um, and the the more like far off and wacky you get from like what's Earth, like the more fun it can be, it can it can be, and even then you can still put it on Earth, and as long as you just make it beyond the pale, strange. Like, that shit can be very, very memorable. Demolition Man has the three seashells for a reason. Yeah. You just don't forget that. Um,
0: People still write essays about the three seashells.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's just, like, that's a fish-out-of-water element of, like, you just you John Spartan didn't know what to do with it. Um, and neither should any of us ever. And we should not think about it any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, once you get past the Bill Murray scene, like, they, they stop being, like, like, uh, oh, this is the weird shit in this world anymore. It's just like, oh, you just kind of like they just move on past it because they just don't have time anymore. They they stop riding themselves those moments. Yeah, um, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, like just outside of like the like because there. I like, guess once again, there are some major side characters in this movie um, beyond just Bill Mer- Bill Murray. There's also like the leader of the rebel resistance, whose name I don't remember. Jim Tora. did you look it up?
0: I'm looking at the t- at the cast page on IMDb. Yeah, uh the telepath
1: buddy, Quaz, and uh and their goo buddy with no holes. I don't remember. His I think his name is Flab actually. That sounds right. Yeah. But like all of them get like enough screen time to warrant like remembering their performances. And uh and they do what they can with those roles, but they're just very underwritten. Uh, I mean, Fleb is 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 clearly there as a joke, and he's a memorable joke.
0: Yeah, he's ba- he's basically like you know, him and the cylinder head guy just feel like Corg uh, and Meek again. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but uh, so they know, like
1: Zolom or something anything you had to say about any other character stuff like uh other
0: than Jonathan Majors is goddamn beast um I was kind of uh surprised about how much I disliked Janet in the movie um <laughs> oh I, yeah I, I had something to say about Janet as well which is which is which is weird uh just from a, as a comic fan of you know, you telling me you're gonna have Hank and Janet in a story and I'm gonna come out of this not liking Janet. Um, what I
1: didn't like about Janet is uh, it's a trope that they fall very heavily into that I don't like. I don't like that trope to begin with, and this movie doubles down on it for no reason. Yeah, you know,
0: just not telling anybody something yes. for no reason.
1: Yes. It was, once again, because they wanted the clip of the movie to keep going, Um like Janet keeps saying, like I can't tell you guys what's happening. I can't tell you guys what's happening. I can't tell you guys what's happening. It's it's you're safe for not knowing. You're safe for not knowing. You're safe for not knowing. I'm keeping you safe, and it's like that's not true anymore. No, and literally, you guys are just walking.
0: Like it's, it's a it's, this is a it's a bad trope when Spider Man does it. It's worse here. Yeah, um, like because clearly at one point they have to jump where like they've been
1: walking for like maybe an hour and. Hope and uh, and Hank haven't had a chance to talk to her during that entire time. Like, no, by haven't had a chance to talk they haven't talked to her in that entire time, even though they're, they're just walking. Yeah. This is when you would give out that dialogue, but because... And you, they
0: walk long enough to change biomes. Yeah. Because the
1: next scene is them in a desert. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least an hour had passed. Um, And it's like, oh, you didn't have time? What do you mean you don't have time? You don't have time because the movie is saying you don't have time, not because you don't actually. And once 10 minutes had passed and they're like, hey, we're still walking and we're not getting close to anything, start fucking talking. Um, I personally dislike that. Um, once again, any, any type of trope that's born out of um, necess- uh, necessitating a movie uh, or a narrative and it's not necessitated out of character, I typically really, really dislike. Because there's, me, ways, to, one, there's
0: ways to get around that. Yes. Have them be chased by something. Yeah. That you can't you can't exchange dialogue while being chased. But just
1: on a brisk walk? Uh, no. Hell, if if, if and if, not e- if, not
0: even that brisk of a walk because you're gonna be walking at whatever the pace of Michael Douglas's old doddering ass is. Uh, I was like, if if Janet had just landed poorly and like
1: her ankle was like bad and so she's just breathing hard because she's like. Yeah. Like, anything like that was like, hey, we're not resting right now, and we're trying to make, keep pace. I don't have the breath to tell you. Like, something like that where it would, like, in in, in, in a way, be like, oh, she is kind of impeded here. And then, like, she could recover by the end of the movie. Anything, just literally anything, but just walking through the desert and being like, no, no, I can't also, tell it's you. not,
0: like, I'll go ahead and tell you this, spoiler free. Janet doesn't have a huge extended fight scene that she needs to be able to perform for. Yeah. Um, one other, one other bit. This is—it's really hard to say this as a performance thing it, when they're just doing what the script told them to. Yeah. Um, Kang's mooks These are the least competent mooks I've seen in a long time. I, I have like, a theory about that. Like, like they give they give the monarch henchmen a run for their money.
1: I, I have a theory about Kang's moocs. I want to cover it in the sport. Yeah, it, it's actually part of the questions I was having that I was like uh, that I,
0: I felt was a plot hole. Was uh, slash might not be a plot hole. Well, but like it, it, it's it's hard to make them threatening when literally everyone from the smallest, most insignificant person to the big bads are all able to just clown them. Um, yes. But you, well, you, to to Jared's point, we'll get more to that as we uh, as we get when we get into our spoiler section. Um, uh, see uh, visuals. Oh,
1: um. So, you know, a lot of people shit, uh, shit on, um, um, Thor, Love and Thunder, but for me, as something that I harped on very much on that review is, like, the visuals of it, um, what's, what's great about those movies, and it's one of the reasons I don't like watching trailers, is because you get to see, like, is because, like, uh, seeing the visuals the first time, um, is al- it should always be, like, an unforgettable moment, and seeing it in a trailer is always going to diminish that to me, um... And I still think that for for all the other faults that you could still have with Thor: Love and Thunder, it's still like a very imaginative looking movie. And people who are just like, "Oh, it's all CGI," I don't care. I I fucking don't care. I was like, uh, well,
0: "Welcome to superheroes." Of course, it's all CGI. Superheroes aren't real.
1: Welcome to like movies in the uh, post like 2010s. Like it's just it's a lot of CGI. Um, I was watching a movie today. Uh, I was watching a movie earlier where. Um, where it was two characters in a very grounded film, and it was very obvious that like uh, the water that they're looking over and the bridge that they're looking at in a extremely extremely grounded film
0: had been CGI'd in. Yeah, because people did- no mo- most film if you see gunfire and you see like the sparks of the bullets peeing off a wall, those probably CGI'd. CGI. Yeah, like
1: when it's done well, you don't notice it. they're expensive. Yeah, when it's done well, you don't notice it at all. And so when people are like, oh, well, Marvel movies are just filled with CGI, they're not really filled with any more CGI, like percentage wise, to like screen than any other movie is. You just don't notice it because you don't know to look for like fake buildings and fake skylines and yeah. stuff like that. Because um, those blend in easier because they're obvious, because they're uh, less obvious because they're real. i am tell you, know Stark Tower, CGI. Um,. But like, uh, uh, so like, for me, like the things that existed in Thor Ragnarok, those little like Muppet-headed guys that Thor fights like in the beginning, uh, and all of the things in qu- in the quantum realm, like I don't get to see those things in real life. I don't get to see those things ever. So like for like when Pat was saying like uh, his it, for him the rubber-headed stuff like. He doesn't care about. I love seeing stuff like that. I, I grew up on the like, the Jim Henson Muppet stuff, and and for me, like like fantasy and uh, and sci fi should always have
0: elements of those things. I yeah, love them. Which to clarify, it's it's not that it's not that I, I hate those things, but like with Thor, you know, at least he was interacting with them. Yes, they didn't really interact with hardly anything. In the in the movie,
1: extremely fair. Once again, I th- I felt that like a lot of the scenes should have been slowed down because the things they do interact with stick out with you. Yeah, when Fleb sticks out to you, oh, yeah. the bartender uh, that when they go to the cantina yep. sticks out with you because they interact with those guys.
0: Um, like, but like there are a lot of things back there because like we're in the quantum realm, but it's like okay, are there planets in the quantum world realm? Is there a reason that this guy's head is rocks? And this guy's, you know, you know, just a normal-looking dude. Once again, this this all falls into my big
1: like plot hole. Maybe has an answer, but the movie either deleted the scene that answered it or um, just didn't think about it. Um, theory that I had that we'll get into the, spoil, uh, into the spoiler stuff. Um, but I, I I do have a thought on this, which is once again why I spent like a lot of the movie with like one foot outside of the movie more than I would have liked to. Um, because, like, I kept having to think about these things because that's just how my brain works. Um, but I liked seeing all the, like, imaginative stuff because a lot of it is imaginative. whether or not it makes sense within the side of the quantum realm, that was the thing that I was coming at odds with. But I still just liked, like, the base part of my brain that's a child was just like, oh, cool, cool cool-looking, like, uh, creatures that are running around and we're having a good time. Um, even when they're just fighting, when it's just animated shit fighting animated shit in the background. Yeah. Like, um, so I liked a lot of the visuals. Um, my only problem with the quantum, with the quantum realm is that, um, uh, like when you're in a world that is of pure imagination, um, it didn't really feel like the sky needed to be at sunset or sundown in literally every scene. (laughs) Like, their skies were just pink
0: or dark. Yeah. All the time. To a point where I was like Man, That's why I thought more than one day had passed in the quantum realm. Like I knew they pretty much came back the same time that they left, but like Yeah, I, I thought I thought it had been like at least a couple days. And I, I know that one
1: of the reasons it's dark is to hide some of the, the blemishes in the CGI and stuff like that. Like that's that's what everybody talks about. Um, and I understand that. But like dark didn't have to be like our world dark dark could have just been like there's a dark purple over everything yeah that would have been cool like something like uh or a very dark blue like in the light of like when they're making that assault on like uh when they're making assault in the third act uh almost gave away a lot more than i meant to but when they're making that a big assault in the third act like it could have been like kang's colors over the city yeah that would have been really cool because you can do lighting like that because you're not in our world uh, and it felt like the palettes were a little too safely inside of our world, because um, just making them pink was like uh, may- maybe that's not how it is for like places that aren't like in the south or uh, places where it's a lot more rural and like we could go out and watch a very beautiful pink sunset like every day. Uh, maybe that's not really the case for places that have a lot more light poisoning than we do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but like I'm pretty used to the sky being like a beautiful color of pink. Once a day, or twice a day really. Uh, uh that's not really beyond the pale to me. So it just looked like it was sunset, like for most of the movie.
0: No, dear, you don't understand. When the, the sun is a bright yellow ball in the sky that has a smiley face on it, and then you pull the the latch and it clicks off. <laughs> uh, let's see, so that's uh visuals, um, uh, well, one other, one other bit, um, costuming. Um, like I, th- I think the 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 Ant Man suits. This is probably the the best the suits have looked. Oh yeah, um,
1: this is the first time, um, legitimately. So like I I, I was going to forget about this if you didn't say anything. So thank you. Um, this is the first time Ant Man looks like he's armored. Yeah. Like it actually looks like he has protection in this Ant Man suit, <laughs> which was just something I appreciated. Um, because n- n- most of the time it just looks like he's kind of in a biker jacket and stuff like that. They- they've made that yeah. joke before. Um, this time he actually looked like he had protection on him to sustain blasts and stuff like that because they've been in so many battles against people that have like blasts and
0: shit. Yeah. Um, um, you know, th- which is good because that's something he had. That's something he didn't have that everyone else with a shrinking suit had. Yes. Janet's looked armored. Yellow jackets looked armored. <laughs> Cassie's looks looks actually a little bit armored. Um, uh, but, but also like Kang's outfit, I think, cause he's pretty comic book accurate. Oh
1: yeah. Like I, you almost couldn't make him any more comic yeah, accurate. Yeah.
0: Like outside of like a little bit of texturing on his cinematic suit, he's basically the, as you see him in the comics. But I mean, texturing
1: um, is going to happen when you're, when you're looking at I'm, a real I, that's wolf, not a so, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: just saying that's the one, a little bit to not make him comic accurate, but otherwise he looks like, he stepped right off the page. Um, like, uh. And also, like you know, this is probably the 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 most uh, you know villain outfit from an MCU movie that I actually want to (laughs) wear. I said, "Look, I would wear that everywhere (laughs) to the. I would wear it to the bank, social functions, recording this podcast." Look, man, like I'm
1: glad he was in it, but but you have to understand. This is my butt. Mm-hmm. He's a Spider Man villain now. <laughs> huh? Um, forest green and dark purple equals Spider Man villain.
0: I know that it's always been Kang's colors, too. Well, that's just mm-hmm. a very popular villain color in comics. Cause it's not it's not just Spider Man villains. But Spider-Man has Doctor a lot Doom of them. is also those colors. Yes. Um, Enchantress those colors. Loki those colors. Baron Mordo those colors. Well, the green for sure. Uh, but the purples are are typically a little more Spider Man.
1: Yeah. Enchantress doesn't doesn't really have like purples that are popping. But de- but definitely green. But definitely green. Yeah, Yeah yeah. No no, but like, uh, I see that I'm like, oh okay, we we got like some Doc Ock, Mysterio, yep. Green Goblin kind of shit going on. Well, like
0: there. Baron Mordo also another one like green green and black uniform, purple cape. Yeah. Um
1: I I like I said I know, but like but for me when I see it, I think Spider-Man. Villains. Well, you
0: get you'll get to see Spider-Man fight him.
1: Uh God, I hope he don't hurt my baby. <laughs> don't hurt my baby. <laughs> I love him too much.
0: Oh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, and, uh, to round out our, uh, more technical review, sound. Um, uh, the,
1: the sound was fine. Um, like, I know, I know, like, uh, like, like sa- sound for me is like, it's either like fine where it's mostly like, uh, I didn't really have a sound effect that I really, really enjoyed. Cause like sometimes I'll find the sound effect and I'm just like, oh, that's the fucking noise right there. Yeah. That's the good one. Um, yeah. And uh, but like, there's no bomb in this movie. Yeah, n- nothing that like really, really stuck out to me as a really fun one. Um, the uh, uh, the soundtrack's fine, but like honestly, like I've I could never distinguish the Ant Man soundtrack. It just doesn't stick to me. Um, like we watching the tra- watching the uh, the trailer. Like, I mean, similar, I, don't no, don't like, think pres- Ant- I don't think Ant Man has a, a definitive theme. He does. He, d- he does. He, he has. He's had it for all of his movies. Oh, I it couldn't sure tell you does. what it was. That's what I'm telling you. I can't tell you what it is either. Yeah, but Ant Man has a theme.
0: Uh, all the MCU characters have a theme. Yeah, but like when I'm th- like Iron Man's, I can think of Avengers, I can think of Spider Man's, I can think of Ant Man has one. Everybody does, huh?
1: It's it's the it's the theme that's gonna play when they like when they swing in like uh, when they're part of other projects. Uh, um, but yeah, like Ant Man just doesn't stick out to me particularly well. Um. Uh, which I mean, we, we have so many characters. It's not like all of them. It's not like it's, like it's bad. It's just like when you have this many, it, it can become a little bit hard to to remember who's is who's, and he uh, just doesn't stick out to me. It's not like um, like listening to listening to the to the themes when the uh, when the credits is playing. It's like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the, I remember this throughout the movie, blah blah blah. <laughs> but um, but also because of how this movie is spaced out and. How many of the? Because we have five heroes essentially in this movie. Yeah. Um, so like they all kind of had to share the glory of uh, of getting like big kick ass moments.
0: Do um, so
1: they all pretty much get one? At least one.
0: One other one other odd bit that I'll I'll, I'll list as a critique. This got slightly out of order. Just just because we're kind of pulling coming around to final thoughts. Um... Ant Man and Ant Man and Wasp, uh Scott and, and Hope. Yeah. Are stated to be an item in this movie. Yes. Uh, but we never see a uh PDA between them. Uh, the very, very, very end. That's just that's like just they do like the forehead touch thing. There's no kiss between them. No. Um which, you know, I probably wouldn't have noticed had I not uh watched like a YouTube video about all of the uh romances and power rangers that uh, that conspicuously have no kisses in them uh um
1: for me and this is this is different because we're gonna have very different perspectives yeah. here i'm not
0: i'm not saying i wanted like a 10 minute makeout scene but like it's even like a quick chest smooch uh
1: for me somebody who's been um in a relationship for literally over half of their life um when i see something where like uh in a movie or in a book or a game or anything like that, where two characters have also been into it in a like long relationship, yeah. where they don't feel the need uh, for constant PDAs or anything like that, and they can literally just have a moment that's just a quiet moment shared between two people. Um, I actually appreciate those much more than I would if it just a kiss. Um, so like Which they do have
0: one of those afterwards.
1: Yes. Um, and so to that, like that to me is much more intimate than like, uh, even a chaste kiss would be, mm-hmm. um, is having just the moment of like, well, we're just, two people here, we appreciate each other. It's
0: just the weird, like, you know, for, forehead on forehead, you know, in, in absence of a kiss seemed odd. Um,
1: I was, I was actually, I, I. Literally in that moment, I had thought about it, and I was like,
0: oh, I'm glad they're taking this direction with it. But then I said, never mind. There's, there's actually tactical reasons why you wouldn't want to do that. Scott's mouth was full of blood in that scene. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it certainly was. Um, plus, they'd all drank the goo. And it had been less than a day, and so <laughs> so obviously they couldn't have brushed their teeth. Yeah. I mean, they didn't bring toothbrushes to the Quantum Realm anyway. And Jan had straight up eaten. She ate in the cantina. Yeah, never mind. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> kill each other. That's, it's, that's all a manner of gross. <laughs> um. was, I'm glad I brought it up so you could, so you could reel me back there. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, there are other reasons. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I I personally was uh, appreciative of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, uh one thing that we could do, uh, even though this is the movie that probably requires it the least. Um but it's something that we can definitely uh add in for like when we do stuff like Marvel movies or or really most movies, uh set pieces. Which we actually never like just talk about the big set pieces of a movie. Um and I don't I don't I don't even say that for this one just to be like uh uh, to be like cause, because this one had such great set pieces it's mm-hmm. just it's just a thing I was like oh you know what that's a, that's a thing that like a lot of people don't put in the reviews that I thought would be pretty fun Um, it's a little bit harder when you do spoiler free reviews because like uh, all you can really be is like oh in act one or act two or act three like there's uh, um, oh, or just like because you can also kind of combine like action into it because yeah. this is probably the least action movie of all the Marvel movies but in fair all the Ant-Man movies typically are
0: yeah well, I mean, all the anime movies are kind of, they're comedies. They're comedies first, with a little bit of heist in there. Yeah. Um, which, and then with some action thrown in. Th- this is probably the most action of the three. Yes. Um, and part of that just just feels that, because this is the launch movie for Kang. Yeah. Um, but. for the For those of you that did not watch Loki.
1: Uh, well, that wasn't Kang. That was uh, he who remains. It's all Kang. <laughs> it's Kang's the whole way down. <laughs> um, uh, I just wanted to say that, like, um, like for a movie that's not big on super big action set pieces, uh, the there's a I'm gonna call it a fastball special. And if you know, you know. Yeah. Um, that happens in in Act Three that I was 1000% about.
0: That honestly that whole there's the big battle of act 3 because that's not a spoiler if you've seen a Marvel movie ever. Yeah. I liked that the whole time because it told me the most about it told me the most about Kang and it told well, about that particular Kang. Um, I'm just calling call him the exile. And you know, Scott in that scene, I was I love that entire big final battle. Um, because that was, that was one where Kang, it's not that he feels that Scott is a genuine threat to him. He doesn't like Scott breaking his stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh,
1: no, my, my favorite moment literally in the movie is when, uh, is, is during the fastball special. Um, Kang has been unflappable the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Like he's gotten angry. But other than that, he's been. But it's always felt like more
0: frustrated than genuinely pissed.
1: Yeah, but uh, there's a but when he sees the fastball special coming, they they have a very tiny cutaway of Kane's going, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> and it was my favorite moment in the movie. <laughs> it was the, it was the only moment that got like a true like gut from the heart belly laugh out of me. Yeah,
0: um, it was one of the f- just the few points where he is flappable. Yeah. And uh, and you can tell how he reacted afterwards. He don't like being flappable.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like that was excellent. Um, uh, there's a part uh, that I'm gonna call uh, the heist. Yeah. The the heist in the movie. Um, you've seen bits of it in the trailers, but I'm not gonna tell you exactly when it is. Um, that I thought were excellent. Like I thought that whole sequence was excellent. Uh, it's it's a little bit.
0: I thought it was a I thought it was a very neat idea. I do think it it started to drag on a little bit long. Um, well,
1: it's one of the biggest character moments in the movie, mixed with one of the, like the biggest like spectacle moments in the movie, and they actually combined in a way that I thought was really really cool. Because there's actually a lot going on in that scene. It's one of like the most dense scenes in the movie. Um, uh that i just i really really enjoyed it um and uh it, it does go on a, uh, I, I, I can agree that it, it's a little bit longer than maybe it should have been um but that's also because like there's a lot of like rejoining of people it's yeah. also happening during that moment um but uh but i liked it a lot uh it's it's like it's the first, it's, it's the moment in the movie where like Scott becomes in a lot of like uh, superhero movies there's, there's uh, one of the big things that plays as a theme throughout the movies is always like a um, am I doing the right thing a blah 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 Because the because typically most superheroes are have some have some level of either insecurity or there's a level of like am I doing the right thing not always are so a fucking spider-man. Yeah. Um and there are characters like Captain America who always knows he's doing the right thing. But usually, typically like most of the movies have like the uh, a moment where like like the hero has to like commit or not commit. And that moment of committing is like usually like the one of the better moments in the movie. Uh m- probably my favorite one in the MCU is in Homecoming when Peter has the building dropped on him by Vulture mm-hmm. and he starts being like, "Come on, Spider-Man. Come on." And he lifts the building up. Like, that's when Peter commits. Um, this is Scott, like, the moment that Scott commits. And he commits with Hope. But the Hope part feels a little bit forced. Because she hadn't had shit to do the entire movie. Yeah. Um, so it's a great, great moment for Scott that, like, Hope kind of gets in on because it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and uh, so that that's the part that, for me, I'm like, okay, that's what makes it a little overlong. Is that it really wasn't her moment to do anything? Yeah. Um, but I I really 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 like that moment. Um. And uh, and that that I just wanted to bring those, those couple of moments up for the spoiler. Like like there are a couple
0: of things that are just like really genuinely great moments in the movie. Yeah. All right. So that so that makes sense. I think that pretty much rounds us out. We're, we've gone as spoiler free as we could possibly get and I, I think we even even then we probably had a few slip minor ones slip through. Um but uh so that, that was our spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. After this in the feed, uh we'll we'll you'll see our spoiler review. Uh that's when we get a little bit more detailed in. Um but uh parting words, definitely worth a watch. Um I I I I, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Oh, um yeah. Um, actually,
1: because ha- having talked about it, this was the only thing I'd considered before until we, we were talking about it, but, um, uh, particularly for Phase 4, um, I would say this is probably the strongest, like, final act of all of the Phase 4 movies, except for, for me, Spider-Man, um, No Way Home. Yeah. Um, because that's like, cause phase, because the, the final act of, of Phase Home was what everything, if that movie had built to it perfectly, and you had, like, the biggest spectacle there. Yeah. But all the other ones, like Shang-Chi... This is the, uh, this is the
0: one where it feels like, oh, we, now we have a definitive set thing that we're going to build to.
1: Yeah, like Shang-Chi, um, Doctor Strange. A lot of those movies, like, kind of fall apart at the end. hmm Um, this is the first one that, like... No, you got to the big end, and it was excellent, and it's fun the entire way through that, that final section. Um... So kudos to Peyton Reed for pulling that off. Something that the MCU um, and it's, there's no sky beam or anything like that. Like um, uh, it, it is, it is some people who want to uh, who have beef, and that beef needs to get squashed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, there's there, I will say there, I'll let you know there's two stingers. Uh, there's a mid credit stinger and a, a post credit stinger. Yes. Um, but I will say after, after after having watched this movie, I cannot wait for, uh, you know, Kang Dynasty, whatever the hell the next Kang appearance is going to be for Kang Shovel. All right, I'm here to destroy you all, especially you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just turns to Scott, what did you do to this man? Oh, but that being said, um, this is Capricorn Podcast. Uh, I was your host, Patrick. Co-host, Jared. Say bye, Jared. I feel bad about saying Buggy J because Ryan is the bug boy. hmm Uh, you found us on uh, SoundCloud or uh, Facebook or Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, any place that podcasts can be found, Um, search for us with the only thing that comes up, I guarantee it. Uh, Give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Let us know what you thought of uh, Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, though keep in mind which uh, one you're commenting on, because you don't want to spoil it for folks. Right. Um, We will catch you, uh, if you're listening to these consecutively, in a minute, but uh, otherwise next time. Peace.